Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana. And I'm Brooke. And this is episode 87. Today, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite black films and TV shows. But before we dive in, how are you doing today, Brooke? Well, you know what? I'm doing just fine. I had actually a pretty decent day. Uh, I was, I woke up ready to celebrate uh, today as Juneteenth. Yes. And uh, what an amazing feeling waking up this morning, feeling this uh, somewhat of a harmony in my, in my soul, you know, just having, I felt something that I haven't really felt in a few weeks and, and just the subtle uh, moment of peace and just reflecting on uh, what certain groups of individuals have done, uh, you know, to make change in our country and to see what everybody is doing right now. It was just, I felt the need to celebrate that. And uh, wherever I was today, I had on my playlist. Yeah. And uh, it was... uh, I, I listen to a lot of uh, music and uh, actually all my music right now that I stream is coming from YouTube music. And so uh, when I turned on my music this morning, uh, there was a playlist all ready to go. Perfect. So, <laughs> Well, you always have a good playlist because every time oh. I go into the salon, I always yeah. remark about the music and I always say oh. something. I'm like, what are you playing? Because I always like it. There's always a song playing, and I just love yeah. music, too. So it really resonates with me. I'm like, oh, this is a cool song, or I love it. Um, yeah, so you listen. You have great playlists as far as, Thank yeah, you. as much as uh, I get to hear of it. It was great. It was really nice. I felt good about it. How was your day? Uh, my day was pretty good. Uh, we have some house issues we're dealing with, some minor health issues. Uh, we have a lot of stuff going on, but you know, it's uh, it's going it's going fine. It's going great. Otherwise, you know, we're we're getting through it. Okay. It's nothing too uh, impactful, but you know, it's just stuff that happens, right? Stuff that happens to your house and things you have to take care of, and so. Um, but I was really happy because this morning I got a little reminder from the boss family workout. (laughs) So I follow, I now follow Twitch and Allison and um, they have on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays a workout for you to do and it's them dancing and you dance along and it's nothing hard. It's nothing like they're, you know, breaking out doing their great dancing it's just just to get your body moving and i just find it so oh it just it just hits me perfect because i i to get up and move and to dance around for just and it's not too long they don't do it for too long so it's just a really good way for me to get my blood pumping and it's to music and just watching these two people that um i really like and i'm following now so um it's great so I'm, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I think you shared their info with me. I did. I did. Yeah. I think I did. Oh, so I cool. really like them because they were on So You Think You Can Dance. 
Oh. And then this was really early on. Um, they they she was on, then he was on, and then they got married. They're you know um, a biracial couple. Wait, am I saying that right? Is it biracial yeah. or interracial couple? Interracial. Okay, they're an interracial couple and they're I don't know I just find them just so they bring me inspiration I just really like them a lot that's really cool and um the reason I shared it with you was because they had that um that white privilege uh TikTok video that had um an impact on me and so I had I I had shared it with you and a few other people and then I found out it, it had gone totally viral and millions of people had seen it so but I fall, I'm following them now as individuals, and then I saw that they had this dance workout, and I'm like, oh, perfect, right up my alley. Uh, right up my alley, Yay. meaning because I needed to move, and I like music, and I like dance. So, And like I said, they do pretty fairly easy moves, so I can try and keep up. So, um, yeah, so I'm enjoying that. Very cool. That's great. Uh, Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I do want to remind people that Brooke and I are still recording remotely because of COVID-19 and shelter in place. And uh, it is warm. So I'm, I'm partially have my door open uh, and closed. So they might hear some background noise. But, uh, you know, we just wanted to keep moving forward and bringing um, our listeners a podcast. And I'm really excited about... Um, discussing what we have watched and what we're inspired by and what we've, you know, want to share with everybody. All right. I wanted to bring one more thing up before we get to our question of the day. Yeah. I wanted to give you and all of our listeners an update on the Walking Dead universe because, yes, I'm having withdrawals. Um, So I've heard that Fear the Walking Dead may premiere in July when Comic-Con is supposed to happen. I don't think, I mean, I know it's not going to be physically there. I don't know if they're doing anything remotely um, for people. But when that happens, because the Walking Dead universe is really big with Comic-Con in San Diego, um, it's, I guess, rumored that Fear the Walking Dead will start. And then once Fear the Walking Dead, uh, half of the season is over, that that new spinoff, uh, is it Beyond? Uh-huh. Uh, is it Beyond the Walking Dead? Um, I thought so. Yeah, they're supposed to come in after that, which would lead it right up into the holidays. So, wow. And then, of course, we're still waiting to see the finale, number 16, of... Uh, season 10 of The Walking Dead. So anyways, I just wanted to give an update in case uh, people wanted to know. Oh, that's really good information. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I hope because I would love to see it. But then I don't know when they'll start filming again because <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But Brooke, I want to know um, because we're going to talk a lot here about um, a lot of uh, black films and shows and um I was thinking about what should our question of the day be? And I thought, well, a lot of these stories um, can be very, uh, even though they're very emotional and heartbreaking, there is something um, about the human spirit that is uh, inspirational. So I wanted to know from you, what or who has inspired you this week? 
Well, this week... Um, or it could be this month or lately. It could be any of those things. Okay, my in, my current inspiration is currently, I would say, it's regaining the knowledge on, uh, I guess, just f- for me, focusing on what this movement is all about. Because I can't say that I have, I'm out of the loop. I can't say that I'm just not going to, you know, be on social media because I just need a break from all this what's happening. It personally affected my life and my childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, I am still affected by certain acts uh, and certain negative acts. I have three sons uh, who might experience that as well. And so gaining the knowledge, uh, moving on with my life and taking that knowledge and putting it into a proper place where it's going to make a difference, starting at my roots, my feet, my body, my family is something that I've been trying to do uh, and trying to figure it all out. I've been trying to sort through that in my brain right. and wrap my head around uh, all that's happening in our communities and around the world and the voices that are being heard. I'm listening to what people are saying because I need to know more and I need to understand in depth what these people are saying because I don't judge books by its cover. Mm-hmm. When I look for a book, I look at the, I mean, what stands out, obviously, you know, I'm an artist, I'm a designer, like there's certain things that are going to attract my eyes, right? Yeah. And then I go into the book, I hold the book, I feel the book, I open the book up and I want to read what this book is about. Why am I attracted to this book? What is all going on inside? It's not just about what it looks like on the outside. What if the whole book was blank, but the cover was beautiful masterpiece, you know? So for me, it's important for me to understand the totality. And that's what's inspiring me and helping me get through this difficult time. I, I think that makes sense sense oh yeah i'm gonna re-listen to the podcast i'm like what was i saying it makes sense it makes sense and i think because because so much is going on i mean there isn't a quick answer or quick decision right this is something that's going to take time and um a reflection and you know look within ourselves and within other people so i can see that of of course Mm -hmm. it makes sense so i think it's i think you said it beautifully i am i think you're so awesome you inspire me all the time so (laughs) likewise you're very inspirational you are too I appreciate you. I appreciate you, too. I appreciate your support. You're always, like, asking, you know, just checking up on me. And, you know, you're in tune with what's going on in my life. And I think that's also really, really helpful and and motivating. And so just being a better friend, you know, is uh, 
what I'm getting from from just how you stay connected. Uh-huh. It's it's like I look at your um, '80s pictures from on your Facebook and stuff, and like it's amazing that you have are you're still connected to your friends from different time periods. Uh-huh. And I think that is truly inspiring. And I think more people uh, can learn from those type of experiences, you know, to be better fulfilled, I guess, too. Because that's, it's extremely um, inspiring to see that there's people like you. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for recognizing that. My, my all friends that I've had from a long time ago, friends that I have currently including you my my friendships are so valuable to me it's just that connection between people it yeah. it feeds me it, i just love it um i because i learn from people and i just love that connection um i wanted to share something that i had heard on uh chris hardwick's podcast um it's id10t and he uh had Yvette Nicole Brown on there and so they've been friends for a long time and of course he hosts the Talking Dead and she comes on quite often and I didn't realize that they were such good friends but they are and um, you know he is a white man she is a black woman and the only reason I bring that up because he was had her on his podcast he wanted it to just be them too he they didn't have any schedule of what they were going to talk about they just wanted to talk because you know they're very good friends they're very supportive of each other and listening to them talk it was so moving they uh, it was really moving it, you know she did a lot of the talking which is what he wanted he said look i'm here to listen tell us um you know how you're feeling how you're doing and everything and she was she just speaks very well. She speaks from the heart. She's a super good person. She said her reason for being on earth, her real reason for being on earth is to be a cheerleader to other people. That is her purpose. She always wants to root people on and hear them, listen to them, and just be their cheerleader. And she was talking about a bagger at Ralph's and how he um, bagged her stuff really well. Like he put everything like it was a, a, a Rubik's Cube or a puzzle and he just put it in her bag so well. And she noticed it and she said to him, wow, you packed my bag so good. You're so good at it. And he had such a smile on his face and and she said that she could tell by what she said to him he felt so good about what he had done and she said i know that he doesn't aspire to be probably the best bagger in the world but what she was trying to say is that everybody has something they're meant to do for other people and to make other people's lives better easier and she saw the joy that he was bringing to his job which in turn affected her and she wanted to let him know that she was seeing him because she said that's really all we want to do is be seen and you know be heard and so i just i just found it so inspiring and so in the close of this podcast um chris was saying to her how much she inspired him and in turn she said chris i've known you for 10 years i have never seen 
this much growth from you that I have seen in the last, few, you know, little while, little bit. He couldn't even speak because he was so moved by what she said to him. And um, I thought, one, wow, what an incredible friendship. Wow, that they both recognize these things in each other. Um, I love that she offered about, you know, you're here on earth to help other people because in, in turn that will help other people and yourself. I just love the whole message. Mm-hmm. So I just found it very inspiring. And so um, I wanted to share that with you and our listeners. That's so sweet. I love those two. Yeah, me too. I, I can't, I didn't know that they were friends. I didn't long. either. I didn't either. They're so cute when they, when she's a guest on the show. I know. <laughs> I know. I love seeing her on the Talking Dead. Uh-huh. But she's in other shows too, like the kids. She's been in some of the kids shows, like their Disney programs or Nickelodeon or something like that. So I see her in, in a lot of different things that my kids watch. Yeah, I think she is the voice of a lot of things. I know she does community, or she did community when that yeah, show was Yeah, the up. kids started watching that recently. Uh, so yeah, I saw her. Yeah, that's cool. And I and I love Chris Hardwick. So thanks for that um, inspirational friendship that they have. Yeah. I love hearing that. Great. So... Screens in Focus, friends and family, we want to know what you think. Who or what has inspired you this week, this past month? What inspires you? Let us know. You can leave us a comment on Twitter at in underscore screens, or you can find us on our Screens in Focus Facebook page. You can also follow us on our Instagram and subscribe to our website, And, of course, you can find us on YouTube. So, Diana. Yes. There is a movie out there that you and I have both seen. And I'm I'm guessing it's probably one of the modern versions of the, you know, of its kind. And that movie is Roots. What are your thoughts on that movie? Well... I remember watching this series when I was young, and I was remember being glued to the TV set. I wanted to watch it, but I was horrified by what I was watching because I was pretty young. So I was like, what am I watching? You know, I'm used to watching musicals and people dancing and Shirley Temple and all kinds of other, you know, lighthearted uh Uh, show series and so this was very gripping and I couldn't understand the cruelty Um, it's been a long time since I've seen the series but what I remember is that Kunta Kinte was taken from his home put on a ship and sold into slavery Uh, he tries to escape numerous times but he's brutalized for it and I remember women being raped by their slave owners and families being torn apart and even though it was so hard to watch, I, I felt that it really opened my eyes uh, to the brutality and the history of our country. Okay. Um, you know what? Yeah. I forgot that it was a series. It's not a movie. It's a miniseries, yes, right? Yes. Okay. It was an eight-episode miniseries. 
and it was based on Alex Haley's novel of the same name. Um, for anyone that hasn't watched it, it's a it's a family living through generations of slavery uh, from mid 1750s through the end of the Civil War, 1865. Um, it premiered in January 1977, and it was on eight consecutive nights. And I do want to say something briefly about that. The reason they did that was in January, eight consecutive nights, because they thought people weren't going to watch it. So they said, you know what? Let's just put it back to back. No one's going to watch it. It'll be when people aren't watching TV that much. Uh, yeah, they got a shocking surprise because it was the a huge, huge hit. Um, I was watching just recently a little um, clip of Leslie um, Uggams and um, a, a couple of the other actors, and they were sitting there together talking. Um, and she said that back when this was happening, that her and Anne Margaret were on some Las Vegas show, and that uh, Anne Margaret came up to her and said, Leslie, we're going to have to put this show on hold. And she's all, why? She goes, because everybody's at home watching Roots on TV, and the show can't go on yet. So we're going to have to have a later Las Vegas show. So that just kind of goes to show you how, um, how popular it was. It received... 37 Emmy nominations, along with other awards. The Nielsen ratings were unprecedented for the finale, and it still holds the record for the third highest rated episode for any TV series and the second most watched overall series finale in U.S. TV history. Oh, wow. That's this. I'm going to probably always refer this to a movie <laughs> because I've all I've only seen it. As, ongoing altogether, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, uh, and and I uh, the first time I saw this, uh, I remember we rented it from the public library, and oh my gosh, I was I was young. I mean, you were young, and I was super young. Like whenever I was able to see it, um, I was pretty young, and I don't actually know who introduced it or how. I I mean, I don't I won't remember that, but I just remember being at home, watching it with my brother, and everything that you described about this movie, uh, I remember feeling too. Like, I was just astonished at this picture yeah. that we're seeing. And then I've, I've, you know, like, my brother and I already told you, you know, we, we grew up watching violence and gore and stuff like that. So, but this yeah. was different. I think it was different because it's a historical yeah. event that took place, mm -hmm. right? And it was so heartbreaking. Um, so for me, uh, seeing this and it just explained what slavery was like and for those who lived it. Uh, you know, this movie, it made an impression on me and it instilled still in me an understanding of the value Incredible truth, corruption, greed, and evil pain. I realized through this movie, personally, I had a beginning story. I questioned a lot about myself and my family history at a very, very young age. And this movie was very important to me because I felt like I had that foundation finally. I felt like I could start to understand certain questions mm -hmm. 
that I had. Very young, but I remember feeling confused and, you know, I had experienced a lot of different uh, social issues. And so this movie, it really opened up a lot for me personally. And so I'm very thankful for this movie. Me too. Um, yeah, very, very thankful. LeVar Burton, because he was the host of Reading Rainbow, I just got a kick out of that. <laughs> I was like, wow, he looks, you know, because he was a much younger in Roots than he was in Reading Rainbow. And uh, so I had a connection to him as an actor or as a character yeah. on TV. <laughs> So, yes, if anybody hasn't seen Roots, it's never too I late. I know. I think every, I, used, I remember I thought everybody should watch it in school. I wonder if it was in, if, uh, if it, you know, if they played it in school. I feel like maybe it was. I don't at, know. At some they, point. They probably left it for people to watch at home, but then people probably wouldn't do that, right? So it's like, you have to watch it. Okay, so Diana, we both watched uh, the recent movie No Mercy. Yes. Oh, I I really loved it, but I want to hear your thoughts. I thought this was such a great crime drama. It's a true story with Michael B. Jordan. He's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he was in in Fruitvale Sta- Station. He was in Creed. He was in Black Panther among other things. Um, But he plays Stevenson, a young idealistic lawyer who travels to Alabama to help poor people who can't afford legal representation. And there he meets Walter McMillan, played by Jamie Foxx, who is on death row for the murder of an 18-year-old girl, despite evidence proving his innocence. For years, Stevenson encounters racism, legal, and political maneuverings as he tirelessly fights for Macmillan's life. Stevenson even appeared on 60 Minutes uh, to gain, you know, public support. And what's um, interesting is I watched that segment today because I just wanted to get more background on this uh, film. So I watched the 60-minute segment, and that was interesting because that was filmed in 1992. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of interesting to watch the 60-minute segment and that be a part of this movie, you know, that it really did happen because this really is a true story. Because sometimes we watch these movies and we're thinking, ah, oh, that can't be true, all of that. But no, this stuff is true, and it's so crazy. And... It was astonishing how apparent someone's innocence is and to get so much resistance for it is just so crazy. I I just, I don't understand it. And what was even more shocking to learn was that McMillan sat on death row before he was even convicted. Really? I mean, can you imagine that? Oh, we're... We're arresting you. Let's put you on death row, but we haven't really, you know, convicted you of anything yet. Yeah. So it's still an open case. <sighs> I was like, that's crazy to me. Yeah, that was that's heartbreaking. What did you think? Oh my gosh. Well, I feel I feel the um because uh 
Michael B. Jordan's character, um, you know, he was well educated, and um, the point in the movie where he has to he graduated and then he's going to um, start his business or his uh, legal office. Yes. And then just uh, that whole scene with his mom worried about him be- getting killed for the line of yeah. work that he's going to be doing. And then when he arrives to that town and he's trying to get the office space and his um, colleague, the female colleague, uh, she's such a little firecracker, you know, she had such uh-huh. a spitfire uh, uh, and she was so supportive of her boss. She's like, she tells the man, you're making me look bad in front of my boss, you know, and, <laughs> and I think she called him an asshole, if I can remember. And then her son and she's like, oh, sorry for swearing <laughs> in front of her <laughs> child. Um, and I loved their relationship that they had in this in this movie and i think that he did a really brave move to help these people and open and shed light on the fact that these are still humans yeah. and how he felt about the death penalty you know um so there was moments of sadness in this movie uh where his uh Jamie Foxx's character his friend um it was his time to go oh that yes was really sad. hard to see i was like yeah because my kids were kind of watching it with me and at that part i knew something was gonna happen uh-huh and i just told them to close their eyes because i don't know what it's gonna look like yeah and that's all we needed it was very very subdued and um you know you kind of you got it right but right. still like they're passion for one another and all the noise that they were making through the the cells yes when the execution was happening just to show that they were in support of of him and uh because he had panic attacks he jamie fox is just breathe just just breathe keep and if you think you're done breathing just keep breathing or something like that he told them Mm -hmm. and he and he was doing that during his last few breaths to find that peace. Um, many of the actors in that film just did a very good job. I don't know, and you may not, I'm not sure if you could answer this, but um, were some of the interviews in the movie r- real people, real interviews? Because it looked like they weren't even acting. It looked like a real jail interview with um, a journalist or... To me, it looked I don't very know. Real. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I didn't hear that. So, yeah, when they were talking about the system, and um, they were, you know, they had interviewed some inmates. On yeah. The road. So uh-huh. anyway, very well done, very well directed. I believe it was very necessary to see. Very surprising to understand the statistics of people on death row who are actually guilty. And yeah. who may not be guilty. <laughs> yeah. That was astonishing. Yes. So if you enjoy this topic or learning about this topic and, um, you know, enjoy dramas, I definitely feel that this is a must watch. And you can find it on Amazon 
Prime Video. Yeah, I think I think No Mercy is uh, one of the films that is oh, um, free, so you could probably watch it in a multitude of places right now. Cool. Yeah, because of Black Lives Matter, they're they're putting a lot of films out there for free. Actually, I had already had this in my queue from a while ago because I knew I had wanted to watch it when it first came out at the theaters. And I said, oh, I want to watch this movie. I just, it was, I like crime uh, lawyer type um, film or films. So I knew I wanted to watch it. So it was in my queue and it was finally up for it to come. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is perfect because it'll go right with our podcast. And then it was free to everybody. So I'm like, oh man, I got the DVD and I didn't even need to get the DVD because it was free. But I'm really happy that it is free to anybody that wants to watch it. So I, I really encourage other people to watch this film. Perfect. You also watched Selma. I did. You know, I want to say um, that um, Ava DuVernay is an incredible filmmaker. I I just think she's so great. And she has directed three films that I wanted to touch on. Uh, one is Selma that I just watched uh, because this is another one that's out free for people to watch. I um, was so happy to learn more about Martin Luther King Jr. I know he's your hero, Brooke. So I was yeah. like, oh, yes, you know, I get to learn some more. And it was so good to see how he fought for civil rights. Uh, this movie chronicles his three-month campaign to secure equal voting rights by making a five-day, 54-mile march from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama, mm -hmm. while facing violent opposition. I mean, state troopers beating, whipping, tear-gassing, protesters, even while it was televised. Yeah. But what was amazing was that they kept going. It was heartbreaking. It was awful, the things that were being done to them. But they just got back up, you know, rallied together and just kept going. And um, at one point, Dr. King implored people of all colors to join in the march. And they did. And, and that they, was on televised too, right? Yes. And that was... Um, it, you know, it's just it didn't matter if you were black or white, uh, you know, if you were marching in this demonstration, they just wanted to beat you, kill you, do whatever. It's just it's so horrifying to me. I, when I watch these movies, I'm, I'm just like my I can't even fathom it. That's why I more people need to watch these to see what's happening, because you would never believe the things that happen or have happened. I was not aware of this march. I wasn't. And so I'm so happy that I watched this movie. I had no idea. So I learned and I'm going to continue to learn and pass it forward and talk to my family, my friends, because I think it's just something we all need to be aware of. And um, but Martin Luther King, I mean, he had a vision and he never lost focus and he was a great, great leader. Um, and the movement culminates with President Johnson uh, signing the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Mm. Uh, a moment in here that um, it was at the beginning, uh, but I wanted to bring up was when Annie Lee Cooper, who was played by Oprah, uh, 
was denied her right to vote for the fifth time because she could not name 67 county judges in Alabama. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they did everything they could to suppress black voters. I mean, who could name 67 of the judges? I mean, that's just a crazy. Yeah. And to see her head hang down as she walked off. I mean, she looked nothing. I mean, she looked like Oprah. You knew it was her. But I mean, she looked nothing like how we see or view Oprah. And I thought she did an excellent job, even in that um, small part that she was in. Mm-hmm. She was amazing. There was also a part where Dr. King had to console uh, Cager Lee on his grandson, Jimmy Lee Jackson, being shot and killed by a state trooper while unarmed. And, uh, oh, I, I just can't, can you even imagine having to console somebody like that? It was just a really, really moving moment. And I think that um, uh, David Oyelowo, I believe mm-hmm. is how you pronounce his name, he was superb. He was like, so good as uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and I just hope that everybody will take uh, time to watch this movie. So yeah. it's free. Thank you, Diana. I love that movie very, very yeah. much. Thank you. I also watch 13th. Um, this documentary really opened my eyes. Um, the film explores the intersection of race, justice, and mass incarceration in the United States. It is titled after the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution adopted in 1865, which abolished slavery throughout the United States and ended involuntary servitude except as punishment for conviction. So basically, where slavery ended, incarceration started because they would find any opportunity to incarcerate uh, African Americans. So the film just it's a shocking look at the prison system in America and how uh, disproportionate the number of African-American people and, you know, people of color are incarcerated. Mm-hmm. I was really moved by a boy, Khalif. Um, I don't know if his last name was Browder. I don't know if I have that right or not. He was 16 and he was in Rikers for three years and he was never brought to trial and he couldn't afford bail. So they didn't let him out. And it was a robbery he didn't commit. And he experienced brutalization from inmates and from officers. And they even showed footage, actual, real footage. And he attempted suicide several times while he was at Rikers. And he was finally released because there was no trial. There was no nothing. Um, They just let him out. And at 22, he committed suicide. Mm. And I was just left really speechless. Um, so I encourage people to watch this movie also. Oh, how sad. It's on my queue. I haven't watched this yet. Uh, Netflix tweeted that in the last three weeks, millions of members, 4,665% increase. Can you imagine that? Wow. Versus three weeks prior have sought out this movie to watch. Wow. So I love that that many people are are watching this movie. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, a movie I think that we've both talked about, Brooke, is When They See Us. But I just wanted to mention it briefly again because um, 
uh, Ava DuVernay did this, directed this film also. And this is the one um, where in 1989, the five teens were wrongly convicted of raping and brutalizing a female jogger in Central Park. And it tells the story from their perspective and it examines um, the role race plays in their incrimination and how it affected them and their families and the innocence they lost and the feelings of hopelessness and the torture. It was really hard to watch, but I think it's really necessary. Um, And the only reason they were exonerated was because the actual serial rapist confessed and his DNA confirmed his guilt. And um, there's an Oprah special on Netflix also, so you can watch the I think it's a four-episode miniseries, and then you can watch the Oprah special or just watch the Oprah special. Just watch whatever you can. They're both really good. It's, there's also a documentary based off of this uh, event, and it's called The Central Park Five. So that's the um, that one I watched on Prime Video, I believe. So yeah. It's, you have the footage of their interrogation and um, the their current or more recent interviews after everything had happened and uh, kind of you get to see I'm not because I never actually watched when they see us I don't think I've watched it yet Uh but um, in the Central Park 5 they show how them being imprisoned affected their lives yeah that too Mm -hmm. but I'm sure they, they talk with Oprah about that right yeah Incredible. Yeah. I also saw The Hate You Give, and I just saw this within the last week. And I have to say, this is one of my favorite movies I've watched recently. It really resonated with me. I really like the actress who plays star um, Amanda Stenberg. And I really also like her father, Maverick, played by Russell Hornsby. Um, he used to come out in Grimm, and uh, so I just really like these actors in this movie. But the film opens up with him telling his children, Star, who's nine, his son is 10, and he has a one-year-old, what to do if they're ever pulled over by a cop. You know, he tells them, put your hands on the dashboard, and he makes them practice it, and he makes sure it's instilled in them, and, you know, it's the difference between life and death. And so the film jumps to current time and Star is 16. She lives in her black community in Garden Heights, but she goes to a mostly white prep school in Williamson uh, neighborhood, all while trying to balance out her life and not quite fitting in in either place. And so she goes to a party in her old neighborhood and reunites with a friend and her first first crush Khalil and a fight breaks out and they take off in a car and they're reminiscing and laughing and talking about old times. And a cop pulls him over. And the first thing Star tells him is, put your hands on the dash. You know, this is what my dad taught me. And Well, she doesn't say that, but, you know, that's what's going through her head. And he's not doing it. And she keeps yelling at him, Khalil, come on, put your hands on the dash. And um, so the cop comes over and Khalil is, you know, upset because he doesn't understand why he's pulled over. And things starting to heat up. And the cop, you know, takes Khalil's license and runs it. And Khalil's standing outside the car, and he's talking inside to Star, and he goes to pick up his brush, and the cop shoots him down. 
and uh, Star runs out of the car and her friend is bleeding and she's screaming and the cop handcuffs her and he's the cop's looking for the gun. He's like, where's the gun? Where's the gun? And realizing there is no gun, that it's the brush. And it's just such a, oh my gosh, it was, it was a horrific scene. Um, and so the community is outraged and Star is having PTSD. She's having to deal with her family, uh, drug dealers in the neighborhood, the police, the media, everything. This, you know, poor girl is having all these things that she's trying to balance in her life. And, she, you know, she, and she's not connecting with her friends because they're disconnected from her. Um, but I love that this movie examines all those relationships. And it is Star who has to figure out what to do with her experience and how she will voice that and how she will be a friend to Khalil. And I just found this movie very powerful and I really, really like it and encourage people to watch it. Aw. I really liked it. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. Ooh, wow. Those are some good movies, Diana. Thank you for sharing them. You're welcome. Yes, so black films have been a part of my entire life, and I've learned about my culture through the acting and the portrayal uh, of these black actors. And I enjoy watching sitcoms, action films, realistic drama, and all the shows and movies that I watch, I examine their lifestyle. Historically, many black actors had made, had to make change in society to be taken seriously uh, within the film industry. And in 1915, a movie called A Birth of a Nation. Have you heard of it? I did see this. Where did I see this? I think it was in uh, 13th. And then also um, uh, the Black Klansmen, they, they, I think they ran uh, one of their Klan meetings and they played this movie at the Klan meeting. And they just laughed at the portrayal. And yeah, it's horrible. It's actually... It is horrible. Yeah. It is horrible. I didn't like it at all. No. And uh, this was to glorify the KKK and to portray uh, black characters as villains, rapists, and just these uh, evil uh, people in their communities. But they were actually, you know, this was an, a white actor who had painted the face black and behaved this way. And so this portrayal was known as blackface. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so it's a negative characterization of black people. But, you know, in no time, I mean, within a couple of years, uh, Lincoln Motion Picture Company produced middle-class dramas depicting blacks as heroes, um, family members, and to be seen as actual people. Through the 1920s and 30s, more black film productions made their way into society. I feel like that that's um, that must have took a lot of hard work. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can only imagine the amount of their livelihood that went into these films to kickstart the beginning in order for us to have the creative black films that we do have today. Uh, some of the movies and films that influenced me in my youth are still with me today. As many of you know, I, I really enjoy watching PBS. <laughs> and I had learned a lot about, I had learned a lot about black musicians 
um, on that channel, like Diana Ross, the Pointer Sisters, Bill Withers, Marvin Gaye and the Temptations. They're just a few of whom I've learned about. And I love sitcoms like Family Matters, Martin, Living Single with Queen Latifah, and just so many more. I mean, um, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I watched <laughs> a lot of those sitcoms. Uh, and so yeah. the, the 90s, for me, was the most memorable time in my life. And I feel as though I learned the most during that time of my childhood. I was also the type of child who would look for black characters in shows and movies just so that I could see with my eyes and my heart the diversity in a mixed group of characters. I needed to see those relationships. It was very important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for a lot of us, especially us who lived in California in the 90s, we had some events... um, Like, I would come home from school wanting to watch my sitcoms or my cartoons. And then I remember O.J. Simpson's Bronco being televised, you know. And I'm like, what the heck? Where's my cartoons at? I want to watch Power Rangers. What? You know, I was a kid. Didn't understand why this is taking over the media. Yeah. Um, And then the L.A. riots in 1992. Same thing. I come home. I'm like, what the heck? (laughs) What's going on, man? (laughs) You know, this is my TV time. What is happening? But of course, you know, there's, this was part of TV. That was true event. And and they were able to create current documentaries and shows. I mean, they had a FX production on the OJ Simpson trial a couple years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And I just watched the documentary on... LA 92, which was uh, so incredible. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But needless to say, having these black films during that time of my life was absolutely necessary. I very, very much appreciate uh, having that um, in my home. Yeah. That's Uh, awesome. Thank you. Uh, What else? Did you watch? Well, I've watched these next few movies um, previously, but I wanted to bring them up because I think they're really good movies for people to watch. Um, I saw Black Klansman. This is directed by Spike Lee. It's based on a memoir by Ron Stallworth. Um, It stars John David Washington, who plays Stallworth, and Adam Driver, Um, and it's set in the 70s, and the plot follows the first African-American detective in the Colorado Police Department as he sets out to infiltrate and expose the local Ku Klux Klan chapter, and it's a really good movie. Oh, it's So, so good. Yeah, it's really good, so people should watch that. Yeah. Um, I also watched Moonlight, and I actually didn't see Moonlight too long ago. Um, I know it's a couple years old, but um, and I had been wanting to watch it, but I have to wait till it streams, and so I was finally able to watch it. Um, it's a coming-of-age drama directed by Barry Jenkins. It brings you through three stages of the main character's life as a child, an adolescent, an adult, as he navigates life and faces difficulties with his sexuality and identity. 
And as a kid, he is befriended by a drug dealer who watches over him and is played by um, Mahershala Ali, who I love, and who also won an Academy Award for his supporting performance in this movie. Uh, The film won Best Picture after it was accidentally given to La La Land first, if you remember that incident in the Oscars. Yeah. So Moonlight won the film. And um, it, it's just really good. I, yeah, I want to watch it again, actually. I do, too. I think it's one of those movies that you just, you you need to watch again to really absorb it. Um, I also watched a while back Fruitvale Station. Um, this is a 2013 American biographical film. Um, it's written and directed by Ryan Coogler. And this was his directorial debut. And it's based on the events leading up to the death of Oscar Grant, a young man who was killed in 2009 by BART police officer um, Johannes Meserly. Mm -hmm. And this was at the BART Fruitvale Station in Oakland. So uh, Michael B. Jordan plays Oscar Grant in this um, movie. So... um, yeah, he's really good. He plays in a lot of movies. He's a good actor. He's a very good actor. And he's nice yeah. to look at. Yeah. <laughs> he is. So for me, at some point uh, in film, black movies and the realistic dramas became really surreal to me. Uh, I lived in a decent neighborhood growing up, yet I understood what it felt like to feel that unsafe feeling in a neighbor in the neighborhood that you live. Uh-huh. Um I experienced it uh, at my grandmother's home in her neighborhood. It was much like watching the movie Boys in the Hood and Menace to Society, which is about growing up in their inner cities of L.A. or Compton. Um, You know, there's gangs, gun violence, drugs, crime. It just all seemed so real to me watching these movies. And again, I was very young when I was introduced to these movies. I would be so scared that this is how people are living. It, it's also very shocking um, to see. Yeah. Uh, as difficult as it was for me to watch, I think it was important, and it was an important time in my life to see what is happening in other children's neighborhoods, right? Because remember, I'm a kid watching these adult movies, and I'm thinking where, what would it be like playing basketball in the neighborhood or um, riding my bike down the street in these neighborhoods? Because in these movies, innocent people's lives are being taken because of the street violence. Yeah. Um, And so these movies were introduced to me and my brother in a time of our lives where we got to see with our eyes some of these neighborhoods nearby my grandmother's house in my grandmother's neighborhood. I mean, it was, it was just like those movies. Um, so having that very bit of visual association and the experience that proved to me that this is very close to reality. I think this is where my love for documentaries began because it can't get more real than actual footage. You know, I just love documentaries. So, To me, documentaries are a way for me to explore and visit culture in a semi-exclusive manner, right? Because I'm at home, comfortably in my home, watching uh, people go through these challenges and 
whatnot. And a historical multi-part documentary that I completely recommend to anyone who is interested in learning a bit of African-American history is called Many Rivers to Cross. And that's written and presented by Henry Louis Gates Jr. You might know his name from the PBS TV series called Finding Your Roots. And um, Finding Your Roots, he uh, has his guests, mostly, most of the time they're celebrities, and he does the DNA test to find the family tree. Maybe um, you don't know you're adopted and you don't know anything about your family history. This show is crazy. He can find and trace back from when your family immigrated to the United States. It's just crazy how far back. I want to get on the show. I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's how you may know him other uh -huh. than this documentary called Many Rivers to Cross. Uh, this documentary, Many Rivers to Cross, goes as far back as slavery up to now, and I highly recommend it. Um. And I, it's on PBS, so I'm sure you could find it. Um, I think you can access it on Prime Video. I'm not 100%. I just happened to watch it because I love watching PBS, and it was like on, and I'm like, oh, what is this? And so it just, it is so informative. It's like taking a, a crash course on history. So I would yeah. totally check it out if I were you and anybody else who's listening. Um, another documentary that I just recently watched about school age black girls in America, it's called Push Out, The Criminalization of Black Girls in Schools. And this is by Monique W. Morris. Um, and she is a doctor of education and also produced by Women in the Room Production Company. So in this documentary, I learned about the discrimination and unfair treatment that black girls are going through in school. Many of the education professionals and activists in this documentary, they just spoke so amazingly well. And I was completely engaged, especially because myself going through some of these experiences and these highly intelligent women just broke down these discussions so that anybody could understand. I just really hope that this documentary can help a lot of people with the insight and help the students get to the point of learning. And that's the whole purpose of school. Right. So uh, I tried to watch as many documentaries this week as I possibly could. And I was so pleased to come across this documentary called Back to Natural. And it's a documentary about different hair types and how black people are represented and treated in a community since slave trading and now. I mean, it goes as far back as that. I mean, you're, they're African roots even. I mean, ancient African uh, hairstyles was like a status of like, is a sign of your status, your wealth. Like, this uh -huh. is who I am. This is who I represent. Braids and, like, hair sculptures. I mean, this is going back hundreds of years. And so to see people being treated 
indifferent in the American society because of the texture of their hair was just unbelievable. And it's amazing to hear the stories about the events that are taking place. I, I just, I was just so disappointed and in disbelief. I mean, I think within the last year, I read an article that they finally passed a law somewhere that people can no longer be discriminated against their hair type at work. Oh. I'm wow. thinking, oh, wow. I mean, it was bad enough to be teased as a five-year-old or whatever age leading up all throughout your adulthood, but to be a doctor of science or anything, like it doesn't matter who you are. They can discriminate, like people were are discriminating against you because of the texture of your hair and how you wear your hair and how this or that may or may not be professional because of your hair. Well, this is my hair. I can't help that my hair is coily or, you know, curlier than yours or it's not soft like that or this or that. I mean, that's just unbelievable. And yeah. so the director of this documentary is Gillian Scott Ward, PhD, and you can watch this movie on Prime Video. It's very, very good. Very informative. Unbelievable. Couldn't believe it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Brooke. Thank mm -hmm. you for those documentaries. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to um, put out all of these movies on our website on uh, films and TV shows to watch. Oh, so. for sure. We're going to. We have a lot of work to, to, to continue to continue yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up a couple of other movies um, that I've watched in the past, and they're just good movies, and I think everybody should just uh, watch them also, is one of them is Fences. And this is a an American period drama uh, film starring, produced, and directed by Denzel Washington, and it's written by August Wilson. Uh, it's based on his Pulitzer Prize-winning 1985 play of the same name. Uh, Viola Davis uh, also stars in this, and it's just a great film set in the 50s. I really, really liked it. I hadn't seen Denzel um, like this before, and so... Um, I really recommend it. I, I really like 50s movies, and I, I, I just think it um, it's just really well done. So I really like this movie. Yes, very and, good movie. Yeah, and then I know a movie that Brooke and I both love. We love all of these movies, but um, this movie, Black Panther, is a superhero film based on Marvel Comics. It's directed, co-written by Ryan Coogler, Starring Chadwick uh, Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita um, Leongo, Denai Guerrera, Martin Freeman, Letitia Wright, uh, Angela Bassett, and Forrest Whitaker and Andy Serkis. I mean, that's a lot of people. It's just an amazing cast, a great story, an awesome movie. I mean, it's a superhero film. Yeah. You, you have to go watch it. I mean, oh, it's just... Yeah. It's a great movie. I felt so proud going to the movie theaters that day to go watch it. 
I miss going to the movie theaters, I have to say. I know, right? Yeah. I know. I agree. I miss going, too. Sunday matinees were my perfect days with the family, and then Wednesday matinees were perfect when the kids were in school, and me and David, <laughs> we would just go, and it was, yeah. oh, I miss it. Popcorn and all of that. Yeah, uh-huh. that movie was amazing. I mean, I remember seeing so many people get dressed up to go to see that movie. People were all in their Africa shirts and their, you know, their wardrobe and their African prints. I mean, people were just so proud of Black Panther, Black Panther party. It was yeah. just <laughs> amazing experience to see this on screen black superhero. People were so proud. People were so proud. So it was a great movie. Yeah. Loved it. Um, I want to know. I'm curious. I, I read some articles this week about, um, and actually, let me pull up the article that caught my attention because I was like, what? I'm not sure. Like, I, I had to think about this, and I read it, and the article is from Glamour uh, Entertainment, and uh-huh. the writer is Jetty Singer, and it was published on June 11th, 2020. And, um, it's the headline says, don't watch the help or these other white savior movies. So I'm like, wait, I love the help. (laughs) Why shouldn't I watch it? Yeah. And basically, uh, what I'm getting is, um, I feel like because of what is all happening in our media right now and our across our world uh the black films like the help and uh the green book is also another movie that i do remember there being controversy about um so people have been talking about this but it just depends on how a person a personal opinion would be to view these movies i guess and the white authority message that's overshadowing the black character persona. Um, I noticed this at the Oscars when the Green Book won Best yeah. uh, Motion Film. Picture. Uh-huh. And then Viggo Mortensen won Best Actor. And then Mahershala Ali won Supporting Actor. I think people had an issue with um, the the category no it was actually the movie itself the movie, the movie itself, itself and how they viewed the white character over the black character and um, in this article one of the actresses from the help she actually Either she tweeted or she posted on Instagram about um, why not watch her own movie that she was in, The Help. And instead of watching movies like that, watch movies um, like Moonlight and um, other movies where the black characters are viewed as... like So The Help... The Blind Side, um, The Green Book, Freedom Riders, La La Land, which I never saw La La Land, um, Lincoln, Hidden Figures, 
these, oh, To Kill a Mockingbird. These are all on the list of movies that they're saying that are reversing the roles of the strong character, which they're trying to portray the black character as like, this is a black film. But I think there's an underlying message that people are uh, examining. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I, I've heard it too. So I, I am aware oh, of what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard about it on the help also. I think mm. two of the two actresses said that. I think it was, um, um, oh my goodness, this is so bad when you can't remember. It's okay. It's all, it's, it's a lot to take yes. in. It's totally, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to talk about it because it's been yeah. on my mind and we are, uh, podcast based on tv and movies and so i feel yeah. like this is very relative to yes. the current movement and then also to our passion tv and film. yeah and right. so yeah um it's i just find that very interesting i yeah. really really do and i'm mm -hmm. and i'm i'm thankful for these um intelligent people who are able to like see uh the messages that maybe other people can't see but yeah. still, ultimately, it's really, it's, no one's saying don't watch these movies. Like, really, don't. It's, I don't, I'm not taking it as that because I, it's one of my favorite movies. I love The Help. I know, I know. You know, I love the actresses in The Help. And I like right. the story. I think it's, it, yes. you know, and I love The South. Like, there's, uh -huh. you know, like so much. There's of, so many things. Yeah. yeah, I found it very entertaining. I really liked it too, but, um, I guess, and I think it was in one of the movies that I just watched too. Oh, it was the movie with um, uh, Chris Hemsworth, that one that I watched also. Oh, but but it's basically a white character saving a minority character. Yeah, and that's the basis of a lot of um, people saying, "Don't watch this," you know, watch that. Yeah. So, so. I have a list of um, some movies. Um, well, another documentary that is very important to see if you loved Selma as much as you do, um, you've got, you're going to have to watch this and it's called, I am not your Negro. I just watched that this oh, week again. I heard, I yeah. heard that one out yeah. on a list for people to watch. Yeah. You have to. And, uh, you'll see, um, Mar uh, Martin Luther King. Oh yeah, his interview, he just, oh, the way he spoke. Oh, my gosh, so such an amazing <laughs> man. But, yeah, um, yeah Martin Luther King, um, Malcolm X, they have uh, uh, Medgar Evers. Um, and uh, it was uh, narrated, and there was actual footage from James Baldwin. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and so it's uh, cool because my my eldest son he was just talking about James Baldwin recently, uh -huh. and so um, that documentary is also a, a must must see on uh, the civil rights movement and what they okay. did. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. Awesome. So let's compile our list and we'll put that out for our listeners. Yes. So that they have plenty to pick from. Exactly. And they can they can choose what they want to watch and hopefully they'll watch something we've recommended. Yeah. What else are you watching? Well, you know, there's not a lot of new uh, things on TV, but I just want to briefly mention that I did start rewatching The Walking Dead from cool. season one, episode one. And it was so 
Oh, it was so cool to see Rick and Glenn. Oh, my favorite characters. So young. So young. It's such a good show. So anybody who has never watched this, what else do you have to watch? There's nothing, not too much new that's coming out. So give it a shot. Yeah. Yes, it's a zombie apocalypse movie, but you just ride along, watch it. You'll appreciate the characters, right? You'll get past the zombies and the <laughs> eating people. But um, it's really good. It's a good, good uh show to watch. Um, I also watched 21 Bridges. Um, this is with uh, Chadwick Boseman. He's a NYPD detective who shuts down the 21 Bridges to find two suspected cop killers, but soon runs up against conspiracy and corruption. It's a really good movie. It's great action, strong performances by Boseman. Um, so I would recommend it. Cool. On Netflix, I saw Wrong Missy. And it wasn't a movie I was intending to watch, but it, you know how sometimes you have a movie and if it, you, it just starts playing. I, I'm like, you know, if you click on it, I don't know, it started playing. I'm like, well, I don't know that I want to watch it, but do you know that I got hooked and I started watching it? It's with David Spade and Lauren Lapkus, and it is really silly. It did not get good reviews, but I laughed. And if you can laugh, then that's a good movie. I mean, to watch, right? It's something to watch. Awesome. Um, Lauren is very funny, and I really like this actress. So, um, And then, accidentally, again, I had Footloose, the 1984 Footloose with Kevin Bacon. And it was on TV, and I was supposed to be watching one of my other films that we're, we were going to, you know, we're reviewing, but I could not stop the you know tv i'm like i i just couldn't i kept watching it and watching it and watching it and it was, then they play so i'm like okay after this part okay after this part and next thing you know the show movie i'm sorry the movie was over i love footloose i love kevin bacon i love watching all these people when they were back in the 80s i love the soundtrack the music was so good i think that's what I'm missing in some current films. I think it's the soundtracks or something, or they're not utilizing music as they did back in the 80s. I'm not sure what it is, but I just think that that was a big draw for that movie. So I just, a lot of fun watching that. Okay. So I wanted to share that. Okay, cool. What about you, Brooke? Thanks. Are you watching anything else or you're just been concentrated on all your documentaries? Uh, well, I've been watching probably only documentaries and I've got some other, um, shows for the youth. Um, but then I wanted to bring up another show that I was recommend, somebody recommended to me, but, um, one of the documentaries that I watched and I spoke of it earlier, it's called LA 92 that I watched on Netflix, but I think it's available on other avenues, prime, maybe on Xfinity or something like that. And it was uh -huh. literally just a documentary on the events that took place in LA riots of 1992 after the um, trial, uh, the Rodney King uh, police brutality trial. And the officers were not convicted of their crimes, um, which was extremely surprising to the community yeah. and uh -huh. I you learn about 
other issues that have happened in that community. Like there was a girl who, um, before Rodney King's incident, there was a girl who was killed in a convenience store by the convenience store owner because the girl, she suspected her of stealing orange juice. So she decides that she's going to shoot her in the back of her head. Oh my gosh. And she's 14 and she killed her. She went to a trial and she was not charged of her convictions. (gasps) Oh my God. And so that caused a lot of problems in the Asian community in Los Angeles um, during those riots, they they went hard on them. And in this documentary, it's insane the amount of destruction. It's it was so crazy. The National Guard was there. The president at the time, his speech was. I'm not going to get political, but it was it, it it hurt my feelings, knowing that the support just wasn't there for the people Mm. who were outraged. Yeah. And it was almost like they were blamed for their own behavior. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was total madness, total madness to see. And the, the really interesting thing, this was a national geographic documentary or, or, or it was just played on national geographic. Um, and it, it's not narrated by a single person. It's actual footage compiled into this documentary, which tells the story of the documentary. There might may be some text, but there is no narrator who I could even tell you <laughs> narrated yeah. this at all. It's just all the journalists working hard there in the front lines of this 48-hour-long riot that destroyed a billion dollars of damage. Wow. In a weekend. Wow. It's crazy. I mean, thousands of businesses were uh-huh. engulfed, destroyed, gone. I can't imagine not being able to go to work because there is no business. All my inventory lost. Right. People's people's lives being taken on the news in helicopters. It was crazy. So this is LA 92 documentary. Very, very scary time. Wow. Okay. Um, one of my friends, uh, he posted about a Netflix drama movie directed by Spike Lee called The Five Bloods. Oh, yes, that's popped up on my Netflix. Yeah. yeah. I haven't watched it yet. I'm waiting to watch it with Gabe because I think it's action, maybe. I'm not sure. I love Chadwick uh, Boseman. And so um, he is uh, in this movie. And it's a group of African-American veterans from the Vietnam War who yeah. returned to the country um, and to find remains alongside a stash of buried gold. So this sounds interesting. I I do look forward to seeing this. Me too. Um, Yeah. uh, What I watch with the kids, because of all this happening, I really, really am focusing on teaching my kids about certain events and what they're seeing in the media and how I could tone it down on their level. And um, they are watching. Oh, my gosh. It's it's amazing. Uh, Disney Plus has all these 
black sitcoms that I used to watch. <laughs> Fun. I'm like, what? And Hulu. I mean, Hulu has Living Single on there and Martin and, and all those ones that I, I grew up watching. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Family Matters with Steve Urkel. You know, uh-huh. and, and, I and, like, yeah, yeah, I used to family, watch that one. Yeah. His father was a police officer. And so uh-huh. you just get to like, you get to see um, these families. And like I told you before, that's how I learned about uh, my culture was through the like shows and movies. And so um, there's a modern sitcom uh, that the kids and I are watching together. And it's it's appropriate for children. And it's called and it's on Netflix, and it's called Family Reunion. It's really cute. Uh-huh. It's really cute. Uh-huh. It's about this family uh, and their black family. The mom is actually half white, half black, and uh, they move to the south where her husband is from, and they relocate their four kids to the south. And so you get to see these kids uh, adapt into the different uh, culture. It's a very different culture for them, like the 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 daughter, she didn't even know what the Black Panther party was. She thought it was the movie, uh, oh. the Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty cute. The kids enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's funny. It's funny. I laugh because uh, uh-huh. one of the twins, uh, Tia Tamara, one of the twins, she's the mom. Uh-huh. And so she's adorable. Uh, the hairstyles, the clothes, the swag, the grandmother, Madir, that's her name in the show. And that's what my grandmother's name, that was her. That's what people called her, Madir. And so uh-huh. this is really amazing connection. And I think that my kids can see a lot of their mom in this show. Uh-huh. So they, oh, how awesome. I feel like yeah. they can relate. Even though I, I wasn't, you know, raised um, significantly by my uh, African-American side of my family but for some reason my kids are always like mom you are so you know with it how why you're you're you were raised by a chinese lady <laughs> so it feels good to uh to to experience this with the kids on their level yeah and of, oh of that's awesome yeah uh-huh. So that's what we've been watching. <laughs> oh my gosh, Brooke, thank you so much for sharing so much of what you've watched, your experiences, how you grew up. Um you've really opened up and uh um you're so inspiring and I love it and I hope that everyone will uh you know, watch what we've recommended here. Thank you, Diana. I feel the same way about you. You, mm-hmm. Your genre and all the films that you watch, I'm so proud of you for, uh, you know, just having these on your queue and your interest and the idea of learning through these movies. I mean, yeah. for me, it's really hard to pick up a book and read about these um, historical yeah. events. But, you know, yeah. that's what movies you know you can do that yes. for these films so people yes i love uh, it stay tuned and and look for our spreadsheet that we're going to be putting out of all other movies that we recommend yes thank you thank you for tuning into our show um we are grateful you tuned in and we hope that something we said today resonated with you gave you a chuckle some happiness some positivity or inspiration Please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. If you could do us a big favor 
and rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. We really need your feedback. Oh, yes. We would be so grateful. And we will be uploading our new episode in a couple of weeks, so stay tuned. Our next show will be on comedy movies. (laughs) (laughs) You can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.